candy, soda pop, being mean to my sister, candy, soda pop, being mean to my sister. What do these three things have in common? Who knows? Who, can give, who hasn't been here yet? I don't know anyone who came to church already. You cameras, keep it down over there. Yes. Children? Children, that's a good answer, but not the answer I'm looking for. By the way, if you get the correct answer, you get a candy bar. You get a candy bar. Yes. No. No. Good try, though. Yes. What? They're all bad for me. Yes, they are. Candy, soda, and being mean to my sister. All bad for me, but no, no, no. What do those three things have in common? Never mind, I forgot. I'm getting to that age. Yes. <laughs> Ethan, what do you got? Sorry? Fasting? Now, this is what I love about Ethan. He's read the bulletin. <laughs> He's like, all right, it says fasting. So maybe... Not, it's, you know, you're close. In fact, Ethan, you are so close, I'm going to give this to you anyways. Okay, so get ready. I'm chucking it. It's locale, so it doesn't go as far as a regular candy bar. All right. <laughs> candy, soda, pop, being mean to my sister. These are three things that as I was growing up, I would give up for Lent. I would give these things up for Lent. Now, some of you might know what Lent is is, so let's put it up here on the board. Lent is the period of 40 days that precedes the celebration of Easter, and it has its origin in the early days of the church. Converts seeking to become Christian, who at that time were mostly adults, spent several years in study and preparation under the threat of Roman persecution. Becoming a Christian was serious business, so their process of preparation was intensive. Then they went through a final period of purification and enlightenment. And for the 40 days before their baptism and Easter, they did this. Now, the rest of the church began to observe the season of Lent in solidarity with the newest Christians. It became an opportunity for all Christians to recall and renew the commitment of their baptism. So this is where Lent comes from. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is what I was not doing as a child. (laughs) When my mother would say, Chris, what are you giving up for Lent? And I said, well, I'll give up. You okay? All right, good. We'll give up candy. Or I'll give up soda or pop, whatever you want to call it. Or I'll give up being mean to my sister. I wasn't thinking about how I could improve my walk with God. I was thinking, well, how can I become solid, solidarity with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? In fact, I'll be honest with you, I never made it all 40 days. Especially with that whole thing with my sister, because she knew how to push um, my buttons. But that's what Lent is supposed to be about. Now, you're probably saying, okay, well, why are we talking about that today? Well, because today is the first Sunday of Lent. And as I've already pointed out, uh, God is moving in our church, right? We are seeing spiritual growth, which is the most exciting. But we're also seeing numerical growth. We're seeing lives that are being changed. And then when you look at our country, what do you see? You see a lot of chaos, right? You see a lot of anger, a lot of confusion. 
you see a lot of people who need Jesus Christ. So this is what I want to do this morning. I want to invite you. Invite you on a journey for the next 40 days of Lent to fast. Now, what is fasting? Well, the Hebrew word for fasting is T-S-U-M, and it means to avoid eating or to abstain from eating. Now, I am not asking you to not eat until Easter, okay? So please, do not go home and starve yourself and say, Pastor Chris told me to do this. No. What I want to invite you to do is from now until Easter to take one meal a day, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and fast. Don't eat that meal. And instead of eating that meal, spend that time with God. I want you to pray to God to say, Lord, show me what you want me to do with my life. Maybe some of you here today need to ask God for forgiveness. Maybe some of you are here today seeking wisdom for direction in your life. I also want to encourage you to pray for our church because we are at a really important time of life of the Oak Ridge Street Methodist Church. God is doing something. It's not because of me. And it's not because of Kaylee. It's because of God. God is bringing more and more people to this church that need him. We have 25 people signed up for our membership class. That's the most we've ever had since I've been here. That's exciting. So God is doing some awesome things. But we want to make sure that we do what God does. In other words, what a lot of people do is they'll just say, okay, God, I'm going to go do this. Please come and join me. As if God is just sitting around on his hands with nothing to do. That's not what's happening. God is out doing stuff, and we want to make sure we join him. So how do we do that? By fasting, by quieting our hearts, and by focusing on him. Now, there are three great things about fasting that I want to talk about. So as you think about what meal you want to give up, let's look at the scripture here in Ezra, because in Ezra, there are two things that we see here that stand out about fasting. Two really powerful things. This is Ezra chapter 8, verses 21 and 23. Ezra says, I proclaimed a fast by the Ahava River so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us, our children, and all of our possessions. So we fasted and pleaded with our God about this, and he granted our request. So what's going on here? Well, Ezra's about to go on a journey with his family, and he wants safety. So he calls for a fast. Now, why does he do that? Well, he tells us. To humble ourselves. Let's stop there for a second. We are such a blessed country, aren't we? When was the last time that you can remember not eating because you could not find food? When was the last time that happened? We've got grocery stores, convenience stores. We've got food everywhere. We have all our needs supplied. And so sometimes, because of all our needs being supplied, we forget how much we need God. So we fast. And when you fast, when you don't eat, what do you get? Well, you get hunger pains, right? And what does that make you think of? Your need for food. But what we can make it also do is make it think of our need for God. When we fast, when we humble ourselves before God, when we get hungry, we realize, you know what? It's not food that I need in this world, but it's God who I need. 
So that's the first thing that comes when you do that. You can also, second part here is the last verse. says, so we fasted and pleaded with our God about this, and he granted our request. Now, what's important here is the part where we said fasted and pleaded. This can be part of prayer. Let me ask you this question. How many times at the end of the day have you said, wow, I've been so busy I forgot to eat today? How often does that happen where you forget to eat? Probably not very often, right? But how many days do you get to the end of the day and you say, wow, I forgot to talk to God today. I forgot to pray. I forgot to read his word. That happens a little bit more often, doesn't it? So what happens when you fast is you take out something that you normally do and you replace it with something you should always do. And that's spending time with God. That's focusing our attention on God. Now, there's one more thing that's great about fasting, but I need a different scripture verse. Go to the next one. This is Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Okay, what's going on here? If you've never read this scripture, what you have to understand is Jesus is about to go and be tempted by Satan. He's about to face some really difficult temptations. It's a battle. He's about to go into a battle. So how does he prepare for this battle? He doesn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. Now why would he do that? Think about that for a moment. Go to the next screen. I want yeah, this is great. I wanted to show you a video clip, but as I've said before, we need to fix our lighting. But if you look on the back, you kind of see the image. It's just an image. I'm going to tell you the story. How many of you have seen the movie Rocky? Raise your hand if you've seen Rocky. Okay. Raise your hand if you haven't seen Rocky. Raise your hand if you've never seen Rocky. Oh, go fix that. Go, go fix that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Rocky Balboa is this kind of um, down-on-his-luck boxer from Philadelphia. And he gets the shot of a lifetime. He gets to fight Apollo Creed, the heavyweight champion of the world. He gets the biggest fight ever. So he's going to prepare. Now you got to imagine me as a kid, and really the whole world, watching this movie. Obviously, we're going to pull for Rocky, but he's going to prepare for this big fight. So what does he do? Well, first he wakes up in the morning, and there's no light, as you can see, because it's still nighttime. And he goes to his refrigerator. It's the first thing he does, and this is what you see. You just see his face, but you know he's at the refrigerator because he opens the fridge and the light comes on. And he starts pulling eggs out of the refrigerator. You guys remember this scene? And he takes the first egg, and he takes a glass, and he breaks it in the glass. He takes a second egg. And the third, he breaks five eggs in this glass. And I'm watching this thinking, that's a weird way to scramble eggs. <laughs> then he takes the glass and he downs it. He just drinks it. We're all going, whoa. And he gets some of the yolk on his shirt, you know. That's his breakfast. Then he gets on these ugly looking workout clothes and these ugly looking sneakers. And he goes outside, he stretches for a second. And then he starts running in the dark. And he runs and he runs and he runs and he runs till the light comes up and the sun rises and he runs to the top of the steps in that Philadelphia and he bends over sick. (laughs) Because he's in training. He's getting ready for the biggest fight of his life. Now, I'm not here to 
to scare any of you, but you need to know that right now, whether you realize it or not, we're in the biggest fight of our lives. It's a spiritual battle. You have a choice of following God and doing what is good or following Satan and doing what is evil. And a lot of times people are like, we don't agree that there is a Satan. So, all right, well, that even helps him out even more because then when he starts beating the snot out of you, you wonder where it's coming from. But it's there and it's real. And we're in this warfare. I'm going to tell you right now, the church is growing, which is not making Satan happy. We are over the target. So we're going to get what? Well, if you know your military um, understanding, you're going to get flack. In other words, the number of plane flies over the target, they're going to try to shoot the plane down. Well, guess what? We are over the target as a church. God is using Oak Ridge. Lives are changing, and it's exciting, and Satan is not happy, and we are in the fight of our lives, and we need to be ready. So that is why today I am asking you to fast. To give up eating one meal a day and spend that time with God and say, Lord, protect us. Lord, guide us. Lord, direct us. Lord, thank you for what you are doing. Now, real quick, go to the next scripture verse. This is kind of like a little bit of a warning. Yeah, I'm going to skip that quote. Just go to, here we go. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. Jesus says, whenever you fast, don't be sad faced like the hypocrites. For they make their faces unattractive and their fasting is obvious to people, I assure you. They've got the reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you don't show your fasting to people but to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Folks, this isn't something we do to be showy. You see, back in the day, the Jews had to fast one day out of the year. It was the Day of Atonement. But the Pharisees, the ones that considered themselves godly, they fasted two days because they wanted to be more holy than other people. It's kind of like Rocky going outside going, hey, how many eggs did you have? I had five. I had six. Right? No, no, no comparison. That's not what this is about. This is about our attitude. This is about our focus. This is about our hearts. This is not a competition. So when you fast, keep it to yourself. Now, I do want to answer a very important question that a lot of people ask, and it's this. Do you have to fast food, or can you fast something besides food? Because for some people, it's not healthy for you to fast. So let me read to you what James Packer says. He wrote this in his book called Your Father Loves You. He says, we tend to think of fasting as going without food. But we can fast from anything. If we love music and decide to miss a concert in order to spend time with God, that is fasting. It is helpful to think of the parallel of human friendship. When friends need to be together, they will cancel all other activities in order to make that possible. There's nothing magical about fasting. It's just one way of telling God that your priority at that moment is to be alone with him. Sorting out whatever is necessary... And you have canceled the meal, the party, the concert, or whatever else you have planned to do in order to fulfill that priority. Now, I agree somewhat with Mr. Packer, but I want to add something to that I think is important. We live in a world today where there are things that we do depend on, right? For instance, many of you 
if you had to go a period of time without being on your phones or your tablets or your Facebook or your Snapchat, your social media, it could be a little bit painful. Okay, that's a good thing. So maybe you want to give up some of that time and replace it with God. But it's all about your attitude. So if you're not going to fast food, fast something that you're going to miss. Fast something that will, you do regularly that will help you spend regular time with God. Because the key here, right, is that we draw closer in our relationship with Christ. And really, we follow him and do what he wants us to do. Now, in your bulletin, we have these for you to take home with you. These are little cards to kind of give you some direction um, as you fast and as you pray. But I want to close this morning by reading the, the back of the thing. It's, it's got a quote by Lance Witt. He says, Fasting is not so much about food as it is about focus. Fasting is not so much about saying no to the body as it is about saying yes to the spirit. Fasting is not about doing without, it is about looking within. Fasting is an outward response to an inward attitude and a cry of the soul. Now some of you here today have fasted before and, and, and some of you haven't. But I want to encourage you, to, to, if you've never done this, to give it a try. It's a discipline, right? But here's what we understand. We know that if we want to draw close to God and we do so, he will draw close to us, right? So, what are you going to fast? What are you going to give up? Don't tell anybody, right? Keep it to yourself and watch God lead you 